Welcome to Sugar We're Going Down Podcasting, a Fallout Boy podcast where we go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. That's me. It's a you. Man, it's a me. Joe. Oh, well, um, this is a song. <laughs> I don't have anything funny to say or uh, <laughs> insightful or anything at all. But this this is a song that neither of us have heard until this episode. That is true. It is called From Now On We Are Enemies in quotation marks. Uh I think the only official release was on uh Greatest Believers hits, Never I Die. Think, yeah. Yeah. Believers Never Die. Greatest Hits. Uh which came out in what, two thousand nine? It seems that way. I I was gonna say I think I believe that is correct. Which, that's not that long after Folly Ado. It's weird that they were just like, we're taking a hiatus. And like, they said it was indefinite. And then they just pump out a greatest hits the next year. Yeah. Fuck okay. Fall up way, you fucks. It's weird. Like, uh, there's, there's other bands like that. Whenever I see greatest hits and then the band is not like done, like Coheed has that. Coheed had like some essential playlist shit uh, just in between two of their records for no discernible reason. Guns N' Roses doesn't count even though they did make a record after their greatest hits. <laughs> but anyways, from now on, We Are Enemies is the title of the song. And it's, it's kind of a perfect pairing to Alpha Dog in that they were both songs they made uh, after Folly Ado, pre-hiatus, and then they didn't get released until here and did not get used after. But also, it's like entirely about a fucking movie. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is. Oh, the... So so instead of if if you liked the prestige, now we're gonna be talking about a buckle um, the fuck up. <laughs> Amadeus. Let me just I just wanna I just I just wanna start us off with a um with a with a light uh with a light reading <laughs> uh from this description and, and on genius.com. Please sponsor us. Please. I'm just gonna I'm just jumping to the middle. I well, I'm not gonna give you enough, any context for this. Please, I'm ready. Like Mozart, the members of Fallout Boy were young when their talents were discovered. <laughs> and, they ex- <laughs> and they exploded onto the stage. That's it. That's the whole song. Like, that's the whole song described to you. Uh, <laughs> like Mozart. The members of Fallout Yo, Boy. Yo, I'm just going to start Googling Mozart facts. That way, anytime I want to manipulate something, I could just be like, <laughs> like Mozart, I too have done this. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it's, and it's interesting, too, this lens of, like, being compared to, like, such a prodigy when it's just like, y'all were just a ba- boy band that succeeded. Yeah, they were, like, teenagers. Were they weren't, like, children children. No, no, no. It's like, with Mozart being younger than 10 and Fallout Boy being between 17 and 22 there's a, there's a feeling that this it says this there's a feeling that this crown this labeling of being kings of their field no one has ever said this yeah, happened no too soon and didn't give them a chance to be in the eyes of cynics anything other than music listened to by pop punk emo kids and that feeling stayed with them as they were headed towards their hiatus in 2009 and all right so that's true right that's like I mean, it's, I it's, guess, but that makes it sound as if, like, that makes it sound as if they never wanted to do that, when in reality, like, that was very much the scene that they were in when yeah, they started. I mean, like, like they, they made, they made, take this to your grave, and then, 
And like, and like ever since then, they've been, I, I don't know if actually their second record is that reactionary. It's kind of an evolution. They tried shit, uh, and then people responded to it. And ever since they've been reactionary. I feel like, yeah, like I, I definitely think that, especially like with Folly Ado and Infinity on High, there's definitely like a clear, we want to try different things and be a little different mm-hmm. and shake things up. Yeah, and like um, I think that that uh, administration mixtape is probably in yep. that that bucket of let's try shit. Yeah, but like that that description makes it sound as if they were forced to be this thing from the very start, and it's like even with evening out with your girlfriend, like they were very much entrenched in that scene for a long time and like wanted to mm-hmm. be there. Yeah, and I I guess I could kind of understand of like oh yeah no the label does this your fan base is this we like they feel like they can't branch out and then sort of move in that space however they can and you get like you get folly ado you get infinity on high but i don't know <laughs> the 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 pivot from like uh that sort of reaction to th- this song uh that is just entirely about like I don't know. Like they've all like they've written so many songs about their relationship with fame and their relationship with success and their and their fan base. Like what what's uh I think the song or the, the somewhere in this it even says like much like uh well that this note says much like what a catch Donnie, which um we can unpack that as a sentiment. But um uh, the takeover the break sober is very much just like hey we're gonna do what we want to do, but like even that's like still pretty much staying in like yeah. No, I agree with that pretty much. It's, uh, yeah, no, I don't have anything to add to that. It's it's weird this this uh this sentence of like being labeled like the the top the top of the class happened too soon and they didn't get to be more than than what was listened to by by pop punk emo kids. But like both can both you can be the top of that and like I don't know like who whomst who <laughs> like. Who who did Pete Wentz really want to fucking earn the respect of? Is yeah. like is like kind of where I'm like, I don't know. Did you just like what fan base did you want to bring in? What did you want to do? Where is Fallout Boy's ex- like truly experimental album? If you want to make one so bad, because even when they come back from the hiatus, it's not like they're like, all right, now we're back and we're doing what we want to do. And and or I think they are. I think they are going like doing what they want to do. But I don't feel like it's it's not that I, different. I would no, honestly I, say I, I a lot of yeah. the newer stuff is even less experimental. Certainly, yeah. Um, I don't know if I almost feel like they probably experimented the most on like um, Cork Tree and and like uh, maybe Folly Ado in in a, in a couple places, but like mm-hmm. o- overall, it's always been like pretty straightforward pop rock with with tinges of of the pop punk and the emo and and I, I think they're very good at it. I think they have their their missteps um with with um mainly with uh lyrics and being cohesive. Uh I can't really think of a Fall Out Boy song I've heard and thought I don't like how this sounds um except maybe like I feel like uh You'll Shoot Your Eye Out doesn't count, but it's probably the closest I can think of. Yeah, even though I hate it. You're yeah, right. it's just like it's it's just whatever. It's not like I can't think of a song that I listen to and I think this is bad. Uh, except, well, well, we'll get to the title track of American Beauty. Um, but other than that, like I get bored. I don't think it's actively bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's just a, it's a very 
bizarre sentiment. And I'm starting to think, like, I, here's my new headcanon. Okay. Polly Do was fucking weird. Uh-huh. Um, the weird time for the band. They were, they're trying shit. They're doing weird, bizarre uh, concepts in their songs and their videos and talking about fame and, and, and substance abuse and uh, depression for various angles. And they do that, and they're like, I don't know if, if we want to keep going with this. And they're writing songs, and Pete's like, hey, I got an idea. Let's make an album entirely about movies I like. And they all said no. <laughs> and, and they broke up. <laughs> <laughs> because we got Alpha Dog, and we got, from now on, we are enemies. Which are about, like, which, like, references the Prestige a bunch. And then this song reference is all about fucking Amadeus. <laughs> and fucking Mozart. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just saying it lines up. I love up. it. I love that. I I I have decided what I believe. I love it. We we've talked we've talked a lot about the 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 sort of setup and premise of the themes in this song, but we have yet to touch the song itself. Musically it's a bop. I do I do think it's it's very good on the ears. Uh it it's it's a bop. It uh it's got um like one change up near the back. I remember listening to this and I, I, I just listened to it on repeat for like a long time the other day. And I was like trying to guess when they wrote it based on just how it sounded. Because mm-hmm. it sounds more like it, it sounds, sounds more like, like new stuff than old stuff. Really? I think so. I think maybe I think it has the complexity of some of the older stuff. But with like the pop aesthetic of the newer stuff, mm-hmm. cause like when for, I for... first was listening to it, I was very surprised by that intro line, like musical line, just because mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, am I listening to the right song? And I like legitimately double checked cause I was like, yo, this is not what I was expecting. I guess I feel that it uh the the way Patrick kind of bops on top of those like like syncopated guitar chugs mm-hmm. feels like like to me I'm like this feels like maybe like an Infinity on High B side that like starts to stray towards the stuff that Folly Dude did. I could see that. That would that was my first impression. I was like, but then again, I would believe it if it was um like a like a cork tree like between cork tree and Infinity on High or or like I believe hearing that it's after. Um, Folly Ado even of just them like because it's still very much rooted in, in those tones I think and and lyric lyrically especially yeah I think I think it it feels like an infinity on high song that got like a facelift from the new stuff mm, okay like like that maybe took like some of the poppier bop elements of like what I've heard of mania and like mm-hmm. implemented that into the aesthetics of 
uh, Infinity on High. Mm-hmm. I'm start. I'm as I'm like thinking about how this song is structured and how it distinctly sounds pre hiatus to me. I'm thinking a lot of it is in like the guitar tones, yeah, and the and the mixing because they. I almost feel like there there are modern Fall Out Boy songs where I have to like try and find the guitar in the mix. Mm-hmm. No, I see that for sure. And and it's that's like it's such a distinct thing for me, and it's and and I know it's a mixing thing because like they're they still fucking use guitars. Um, even even if there's a lot of other elements and uh, like they're all programming stuff and then trying to, uh, and I and I use this word lightly, elevate, um, you know their their sound and what they're doing. It um like that is a big distinction for me is is the is the mix. There is there is no crunch. To, to modern Fall Out Boy, um, even if songs like do fucking go really hard, it doesn't. It doesn't like there, there's there's a crunch that like this song distinctly has that I can can place it before save rock and roll. Yeah, I agree for sure. I think it does still capture that essence. Um, there's mm-hmm. just like parts of it that sound like a little bit more like synthy modern for them pop that I'm like they had root they like this is not as big of a change as i really thought because it feels like like listening to this it was clearly kind of always there it's a lot of vocal layering in this song they got really into layering patrick's vocals at some point yeah they they found the thing they liked mm-hmm. i mean it works i'm definitely not complaining it um it some sometimes it's like i, I think like a lot of uh i don't want to keep just shitting on their current stuff but like um there's there's quite a few uh post hiatus songs they've done where it feels like kind of boring like like too clean even whereas like there's there there are plenty of i i'd say it's probably like half and half if i had to guess with post hiatus songs that i think they're doing interesting stuff with patrick's voice um and things that are not and and that's both production and his performance uh we, there's a there's also songs that are doing trying to do interesting stuff that i just think don't land and we will we will get there and i'm and i'm not looking forward to it <laughs> i guess that's probably like that's those are the songs i don't even think are like bad they're just like distinctly not for me as i, as I was talking like um the title track of uh american beauty is as an example but i think his i think his performance on this song and the mixing of it is like is like good i think everything lands his uh he he goes very quick with a lot of these lines. He kind of throws them out. Um, his delivery, like a composer, but never composed. Uh, he he spits it out like a tongue twister. It it, it ends up getting rhymed with like overdosed and um, just a lot of. It, it's it's almost like I don't want to say that like I'm not judging the lyrics necessarily on their like content or if they're cohesive, but this is definitely a song where Pete was like, I'm gonna write a bunch of words that will sound good when Patrick sings them quickly. Yeah, and I think Pete Wentz has definitely nailed that too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's, he's not, really he's... nailed like writing how he wants Patrick to deliver things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's always at his best with making that connection, but I do think like it is a thing he knows how to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this song is definitely a good example of that. But yeah, there's a there's a change up in I don't know if it's the i think it's the bridge or something where like the it kind of switches to i think it's a ukulele that patrick is singing over mm-hmm. just like a, a a quick little change up just to i don't know 
spice things up, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it really feels like a change-up just for the sake of it, but I, I think it lands. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's fine. There's really nothing to say about it beyond it's there. Um, but let's, yeah. uh, let's talk about these lyrics. Oh, boy. I just want to be better than your head's only medicine. <laughs> medicine. 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 But he's, he delivers it in a not uh, dorky way. As much as Patrick Stump can. That's already a lot. <laughs> yeah. The thing about this song, lyrically... Uh-huh. Lay it is on me. That there's a lot of Pete Wentz lyricism that I'm actually super fucking into. Mm-hmm. 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 That being said, it's also mm-hmm. problematic as fuck. Sure. And I think <laughs> I think I think we know we know what where we're at, at at episode 21 of the show. Yeah, well, I guess it's just because what was the last song that Hum Hallelujah? I was like, yo, I love Pete Wentz lyricism in this song and I don't have any complaints. Mm-hmm. And like, this is not that. This is not that song. Um, This is not the song. I but there's a lot in here that I do really, really like. Mm -hmm. It's just when you put it together, you're like, um, yeah, and it's sus a little bit. (laughs) And it's under so many fucking layers of of like referencing like pop culture and like using that as a lens to analyze their position and how they how they feel viewed by their fan base, and it's. It's it's simultaneously like, man, you are really good at using other people's bullshit to represent what you're going through. But like when you put it under a microscope, you're like, do you need a therapist or something? Like it's <laughs> the answer is yes. The, and I'm and I'm sure he does. He's Pete Wentz. I, uh, hope he I think does. I think I, I've read a couple interviews, usually during recording this show, not before, because I don't know how to prepare for things. And but I don't know how I, to read, so yeah, so we're we're just doing our best out here, <laughs> but but uh, it's I and I, and I know I've read him talk about it, but I I do think like like despite that there is like it's almost like too honest, like like you're you're really representing idea or or a feeling, and it sometimes feels uncritical of how you're presenting it mm-hmm. or how Pete is presenting i don't know why i switched to 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 you as a pronoun i guess it's a thing that plenty of fucking people do uh in 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 lyricism and music <laughs> and it and it's i don't know and i i, I always compare it back to like uh you know early wonder years where dan writes a, a song about being bitter about um an ex being with someone else and then he includes in the bridge of just like like i'm just trying i'm just going through it i know that this is better for you and it's like Including that lyric every time you get yeah. write a mad song ain't cool. Like it, it gets, I get it. It's just I feel like 
that that moment has that moment of clarity ever come for yeah well because i think like that moment of clarity in that instance was nice but i and and like i think because with pete wentz and fallout boy we never really have the moment of clarity no it's then it's it's just like 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 it doesn't it's not a get out of jail free card but it would make such a huge difference since we basically have never seen it in the first place Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know (sighs) Hmm. yeah and i mean like i think kind of going off that too there's i i think the way that you described it is really like the most eloquent way of putting how i've been feeling about our pete problems because mm-hmm. it like I and it's weird and I don't really have a good answer for it, I guess. But there is something to like being so in your own bullshit that like 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 I think Pete Wentz to a degree clearly romanticizes a lot of this shit. Like I don't think that's mm-hmm, a leap. Mm-hmm. Oh oh um, no, I th- I think he has written about his his lyricism and the way that it connects with people to such a point where I, I'm confident saying that yeah well and even reading some of the shit he said about like in his own life like the topics that he like uh, that he writes about that he also deals with irl like Mm -hmm. i think the man definitely in his own head like romanticizes a lot of this shit so then it's like like it's hard because him writing romantically about this stuff may very well be part of his experience but yeah, yeah like what you were saying without that without that clarity because like yeah without that addendum or clarity or something it's not like you're just saying something to say it basically there's nothing really there and i'm not looking for a grand message but i am looking for at least at some point in a grand body of work some sort of development or like yo i realize Mm -hmm. this is fucked for whatever reason i I think my issue is my my issue is less like like i think if he's like putting it out just to put it out just to like get an, an emotion expressed like that's totally fine with me it's more the the scale to which fallout boy has been consumed and it has affected their demographic that i'm it feels like it's like if you put a bit if you put that clarity in if you make if you make self-reflection cool then maybe the teens will self-reflect <laughs> well and i think I I agree with you. I guess my thing is more of just like, and I, I I think I personally just don't like like just saying things to say them or feeling things just to feel them songs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a taste thing. But like, and I get that. I think yeah. I think my issue does more stem from just the fact of like you have this huge body of work that you continuously go back to these topics over and over again. And, like, I'm not even looking for them to be better. Like, we've had this conversation. Like, I think some, like, people can change and still be shitty. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But I am looking for the change or at least, like, kind of, if you're going to stick with the same ideas, like, how are you developing on them as you get older? Because, like. This isn't, isn't like, a new uh, way he's looking at it. It's just with different metaphors and different yeah uh a different movie it always feels (laughs) a different movie it always feels the same like in the core like what are we saying about our relationship with fame or what are we saying about our relationship with mental illness like it feels like that Mm -hmm. relationship is always the same to the point of it really stagnating Mm -hmm. because like especially because like with all they've been through you really would think that like their relationship with fame and stuff would have 
changed significantly, but at least yeah. from the stuff that I've heard, like, not really. Yeah, I, uh, I've i been running on the assumption that Pete is still the only one writing lyrics for Fallout Boy. That is the way it's always been. But as as you're saying that, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Soul Punk. I'm thinking about Patrick Stump's solo record and how many things he writes about that are different. Mm-hmm. And and like uh, it's he writes he has a song about like cryptozoology. <laughs> it's a hidden track on like track four. <laughs> Patrick Stump and Bigfoot just fucking chilling. Yeah, and it fuck it rules. I love Soul Punk. Um, it's. You, I still you, you need can, to listen to it, but that's very funny. I want to cover it at the show at some point. I just don't know how to do it yet. I'm going to think about it. Because I don't know if I want to just, like, throw a, a soul punk song in every now and then or uh, and treat it like a Fall Out Boy record or what. Because um, the thing is, like, I don't want to do that with every side project of yeah. the bands. Well, just, we still really haven't like decided if punk. we're going to do covers or not yet. It, yeah, I don't even... How, how many do they have? Like, And also, they what have... do you say about a, a cover? Because, I, yeah, I don't... Like, their cover of Beat It, we can talk about whether or not it's a good cover, but, like, there's no point in analyzing Michael Jackson's lyrics uh, as the way we do. As Fall Out Boy, yeah. 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 Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, vote now on your phones, and <laughs> and you can decide. Uh, I definitely want to talk about Soul Punk in some form. I yeah, just, I do, too, because I want to listen to it, and honestly, I'm going to need the show to I'm force such, me to listen I'm to it. Such a huge fan. P- Pat, like, they're, they're, they're too drastically different lyricists but i i think i i think if patrick brought some of the bullshit he was in on soul punk into fallout boy and, and pete's way with words I, I think something fantastic could come out of it or for all i know that has been happening and maybe those are my favorite songs maybe they're my least favorite who fucking knows because everything just says like written by fallout boy or all <laughs> of the members of fallout boy um at least where I've I've been looking. Yeah. So maybe I could maybe I should dig deeper into that when I'm not recording a podcast. But uh, <laughs> put I'll put on the list of shit to do when I finish editing Interstitial. Um. Oh, we're so close, Joe. So close. But 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 all that being being said, I think I think you're very right about like going going back to that well and what do you get? Like you get a uh, it's it's it, like compare this to fucking like centuries and like their relationship to fame on one side of the hiatus to the other and like. Or even save rock and roll, like <laughs> the whole fucking premise. The, the of whole save rock and premise roll. of save rock and roll, or uh, like my songs know what you did in the dark. Like and this like, being too, one of the, the thing, last songs. Of, I like, think I actually do want to revise my position because okay. I think that it has changed, but I think it has changed in a way where it is even more fucking shallow and pointless than it was before. And like it's it's it, I'm I'm torn because like. This is like right before they're breaking up or like or like going on hiatus or whatever. But there's like tension in the band. Everyone's like like they don't know what's gonna happen. I'm sure there's like label pressure when a band splits up because the music industry is atrocious. Uh-huh. And like I'm sure that's super fucking stressful. And like Pete's just like and like I think this is like the the divorce years, I think also for him. I'm not sure, but I feel like two thousand nine is around that time. Um so like if he's just going through it. And writing about his struggles through movie references, like I get it. I don't think they should all be produced and put out. That's just a me thing. And like this, obviously, wasn't a single. It was just, hey, let's put an let's put another new song on the greatest hits record because why not? Yeah. Well, and so because I think, because I think this song is still, I I'm not even gonna say I think this song is still like 
capturing an idea that they haven't already explored thoroughly at this point. But I think going from even because we don't really know the timeline of when this was written, but assuming this was somewhere in the vein of Alpha Dog, let's say, like the message here versus the message of save rock and roll as concept album about us being famous and having to do like a big fucking sigh as we are the only people who can save a genre or whatever. Yeah. And like a weird tongue-in-cheek can't commit to what they want it to mean yeah and so that's why i'm like yo this like like that picture is so much more like i would say it's probably a bit more clear because i was at first gonna say muddy and i don't think that's the right word because i do think it's a very clear thing that they're trying to do Mm. but it's like it's like a sheet of like clear sugar where the second you touch it it shatters because yeah they can't commit to anything Mm -hmm. and like they're it goes from like the, the old or stuff. Or at least is they very, couldn't then. Yeah, or like they couldn't in that record. That record commits to nothing while trying to say everything. There or, is a dubstep drop on Save Rock and Roll. <laughs> the year was 2013. Uh, oh, wild, God. and I we'll get there. But yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I, and that's the thing. Like, like they can never, they never really commit to anything before. I don't know if they ever committed anything ever. Uh, frankly, because they've always sort of been trying new stuff, and I mean, like, especially, like, early on, they were young, they were kind of thrust into the popularity, and, like, we we got a bit of that, or I got a bit of that, I don't know if I relate it when I was watching the, like, song explained thing from, from Take This to Your Grave the last time we did that, I think it was yeah. uh, Grand Theft Autumn, but, like, like, alright, so I, I get that, and I get, you know, they're young, they're, they're trying stuff out, they're very, they're very reactionary, so I get a lot of those evolutions, but then to come back with save rock and roll and and just it be such a such a tonal mess that doesn't really commit to what they're trying to say with it. Like I feel like since then they've ironed something out, whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, but like there there is so there is just so much. Yeah, well, and I feel like too, like that with the older records, it was like. They were kind of all over the place and they were kind of trying all this different stuff. But I think the like what they were trying to say, even if it was like the most fucking armchair shit ever, like, yes, I think they were committed to saying whatever they were trying to say versus like the weird tongue in cheek, like, will we, won't we of like save rock and roll is fucking Mm -hmm. bizarre when you really think about it. And like I agree with you that I think they have found some consistency since, regardless of our feelings on it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Safe Rock and Roll is a weird fucking album. It it really is. I and I mean it 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 came from them all trying to figure out how to be a band again. So like I get it. Um, yeah, let's try the the dubstep track. Let's or drop not a track. It's just a like a thirty second section of a song. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, let's do Fall Out Boy dubstep album when when. Uh, then, yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're all gonna, like, write our own stuff instead of just, you know, Pete and Patrick being the, the front boys, um, and we'll, we'll find this new sound after, you know, music has, like, pop music has evolved between 2009 and 2013, and, like, I, I get that it's gonna be messy, and I think some things land and some things don't, and now it feels like they've found their consistent songwriting and their consistent, like, like, tones and then like when they reach out and when they don't it's just a matter of now the consistency problem i have is whether or not it lands because it's like when, when i don't know it's just like and feeling on high 
all kind of, like it all fits in the same box. It's very cohesive. American Beauty. You could say the same thing about it, but I don't think it's fucking half as strong. Mm-hmm. Just just because of like sheer songwriting. Even if like I think they write about different things since Save Rock and Roll, it's just poof, I don't know. It just it doesn't always land. Whereas like yeah. before, even even if like I think you know they've written about fucking their relationship to fame every time. I think his lyricism is is good at it. Maybe he's good at it because he's done it a hundred fucking times. <laughs> Practice is really perfect. Yeah, and they haven't practiced writing about fucking uh, Uma Thurman or whatever. <laughs> we've talked a lot, and I like this conversation we've been having. I, I, we haven't really talked about the song itself. No, we kind of just, um, we kind of just enjoyed the uh, convo that it's my initial take on the song in general spark yeah and i'm super fine with that like we didn't even like we started with that intro we didn't even fucking talk about how weird that lyric is it's um yeah it's not good Mm -hmm. just to remind you because it's been an hour uh i just want to be better than your your head's only medicine which is i you know and it's it's almost like i don't have to think about it because i know he's talking about how songs connect with people who listen to it which is just to fucking reiterate we get it pete but then the rest of the song talks way more about himself and his relationship with uh his his work with this band or otherwise who knows uh and he does it through all these fucking metaphors of uh uh fucking like comparing to like the the child prodigy who you know (laughs) mozart this is still so funny yeah, and uh, the the title from now on, we are enemies, is a, is a line from the film Amadeus, <laughs> which I don't know who the the we in in that sentiment is for Pete in this context. Yeah, because it's not like they really had like, because isn't the movie Amadeus about like Mozart having like a musical rival and that being like a whole thing? Beats me. I haven't seen it. Neither have um, I. But because if, if that's the case, yeah, add that to the list. Right after prestige, mm-hmm. um, if that's the case, then it I can't think of anybody who I would consider to be like Pete Wentz's nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker really thinks he's fucking the Joker or Batman. I don't remember. Aside from me, I really can't. <laughs> Us. This yeah. song was was for uh ten years ahead of its time. He got a vision of the future. It's like these motherfuckers are gonna make a podcast. I'm mad about it. I don't even really know what that is yet, but yeah, podcasts haven't been invented yet. Two thousand nine. That's not true. <laughs> God, it's like fucking internet radio. But yeah, the verse one is a downward spiral, just like a pirouette, which is I don't know what's this is this. I like it. <laughs> I'm I'm glad this annotation doesn't have like a Toy Story gif of falling with style because I would have expected that. <laughs> so good on you, Genius.com. Please sponsor us. But yeah, it it, it uh, talks about the annotation phrases it as uh, he's falling into <laughs> ruin, but there's a twisted beauty in it. Welcome <laughs> to my twisted mind. That's um, what adds to the art is the last sentence. This has eight upvotes. Wow. That's eight too many, I would say. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's it's just like the most pretentious way to, to 
to annotate that lyric. It's just like, yeah, great. He's spiraling, but he's it's, it's perform there's a there's a performative to it. He is he is making jams out of out of what he is going through and that, you know. Uh we we've talked about it. <laughs> what what good uh getting worse till there's nothing left, what good comes of something when I'm just the ghost of nothing, which is 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 interesting. I would imagine he is talking about like like what am I going to be remembered for, which is um absurd. Uh <laughs> fucking Dance Dance is the voice of a generation, Pete. And like if he's not if he's going through it, he's not proud of it, who am I to judge? I think like I th I think the spot with which this was written is more important probably than any actual sentiments based on what they're like they got back together, they played the song. They seem like they're in really good places right now. But then the this the song continues to to fucking lament the struggle that he has been in. Uh, I'm just the man on the balcony singing. Nobody will ever remember me uh, for centuries. No, that doesn't. <laughs> that. Uh, but like, I just knew to, you just, were going to do it and it still got me just to fucking continue to uh, parallel how uh, different these, the, 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 pr that sentiment is to where they ended up after coming back. Is this, I don't know how to unpack the lyric, a lunatic of a God or a God of a lunatic. Um, other than I think like superiority complex, I would say, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> uh, rejoice and fall to your knees. Oh, well, because there is that, like, um, yeah, there's a religious subtext, but... yeah. Well, especially because there's the religious line right before, which I hadn't really noticed. There's also the in parentheses right underneath the rejoice, rejoice, and fall to your knees. There's for a uh, mm. so I guess the for uh, a lunatic god or a god of a lunatic. Like I dig that I dig that part. I don't really know how it like connects as much. No, it feels just kind of like flavor text, and it. I mean, it like it's delivered well. Like I think sonically, it's good. It's just. Or, like, I guess. I, I guess it's. I, I. I just don't know if it says anything. No, I feel like it doesn't. Other than like, I think it's just supposed to tie into the. I'm just on the man. I'm just the man on the balcony singing. Nobody will ever remember me. And then, you know, I feel like it's supposed to be one of those, like, fall on your knees and scream no into the void or whatever images. Mm. Yeah. Which I, I guess it just helps convey kind of a sense of power or powerlessness in the, like, grander scheme of things. And also, because God of a lunatic kind of makes it seem like if you feel, if you view yourself to be a quote unquote lunatic or whatever, but if you're one of those, but with a with a superiority complex i guess i could see that of like kind of trying to make that dichotomy into a like a sense of powerlessness in both yeah i don't know i don't know if there's enough there for that but no it kind of glazes past it and then goes back to the the mozart bullshit just pick a pick a set dressing pete I don't feel like I should have to watch a movie to understand a, a song. Well, my thing is also just, are you trying to make a Mozart comparison? Mm -hmm. Or are you trying to talk about God shit? Because we could do one or the other, but I don't have time for both. Or if you're going to do both, just make it work. Yeah, at least devote some time to the, to the other one more than mm -hmm. just four lines. Yeah, especially because the, a lot their of them are just yeah, it's just dancing over and over. Again. Yeah, the dancing stuff doesn't really add to that image at all, or like make it feel like anything. It's it's interesting because I feel like it evokes an imagery of like like when you talk about Mozart, he's talking about this like 
uh, balcony and this and a, and a god and then people dancing and like paired with the like the actual sound that it's being played with it like it evokes like an image like it evokes that imagery in a way that I think works but I don't think it fucking says anything. Yeah. Uh, and then it, go- it, it goes back to it, go- it goes back to a composer but never composed uh, singing the symphonies of the overdosed uh, composer but never composed singing I only want what I can't have times two i've already talked about how composer but never composed just sounds good like he delivers it really well uh and mm-hmm. par- uh rhymed with overdosed um which i think coming on the heels of folly do makes me like and like and even before that i think just like the way he views the consumption of his art sure i do like i only want what i can't have it feels like so fucking telling of so much of just like not even that like the things he wants are out of his reach or whatever, whatever it may be at this point in, in their career. But just, I think the sentiment of, I only want things when they are not attainable mm-hmm. or like, I, I exclusively seek things that are not within my reach being like a, a harmful mindset that he has been in. And, and like, I don't know if that, if, you know, it's worth tying that back into all the, you know, like, um, experimentation or reception stuff I, I think it's it's there um but it's it's repeated a bunch in this song yeah no i i think that you're completely right and i was trying to think if i like had anything else that like really stood out to me but for that part i think yeah there's definitely something to be said for that reading yo can we talk about verse two because yeah ver- verse two is just like hey i'm gonna dip into this metaphor real quick and then he dips back out and goes back to then you hear the the first half of the song again <laughs> yeah well and i just like this i like this verse a lot by itself i wish that it like it's, it's performed extremely well yeah well and i like the writing of it too i just wish that it had like i wish that it had stronger ties to the first half of the song because I feel yeah. like by itself, some of the impact, because it's good. Like, I genuinely think it's good. Yeah, it's this. This is where the Mozart shit is here. But like, and like, it ties in with the composer, but never composed. But there's something like the, um, you could say like the the dancing imagery, the, the downward spiral, the, the pirouette, the, the dancing faces. Sure. It just like it trips up with the balcony rejoicing and in the in the God and such. It, it it disconnects for me but yeah let's talk about like verse two yeah because i think i think the writing of this verse is probably my favorite actually in the song does capture what we've been talking about of you know this continuous going back to the well of um fame and what that means and how it impacted him and i think this is the best like extended metaphor i've seen him use to capture that yeah i I, I, I think i agree with that yeah heralded as a king before i had a birthday with double digits which that's 
not technically true for Pete Wentz, I don't think. But it's yeah, it's it's that's the but thing. But it's, it's the Amadeus thing. Vaguely, I if I think if it was called something else, you wouldn't know. But yeah, here we are. Yeah, and I mean, so like that's not technically true for him. But the next part of fit the crown in my head, but I was only a kid. Like, yeah, when Fall Out Boy started, they were all basically still, mm-hmm. still youths. So. Yeah, it's 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 simultaneously this extended metaphor and also the most straightforward they've mm-hmm. been with it. And yeah, they they nailed that. Yeah, I think it absolutely crushed that. Um, but it's a bummer that it doesn't really feel like there's too much connective tissue between this and the previous parts, just because that there is that disconnect. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too because there's lines about the composer but never composed, uh, that lead into verse two. But then once verse two is over, it goes back to the pre-chorus about being the man on the balcony singing, uh, nobody will ever remember me. Fucking, all right, sure. Why not? Yeah, and it's I just, just like... like I, I may, maybe, it, maybe it's a reference to the movie. Maybe. I haven't seen it. But yeah, I feel like we shouldn't have had to have seen it to no. get this. Unless but... it was just like such a fucking box office smash in 2009 <laughs> that like he just assumed everybody did. I'm gonna look it up. Um, yes, um, Arkham. That's not it. But well, and two, I think it's frustrating because I can see where there could have been because I I feel like honestly, like they heralded as a king before I had a birthday, could have mm-hmm. tied into the god religious imagery if there had been more of like movie. a f- that shows how much fucking we know or how much I knew. Um, I wasn't sure when it was from. Um, eighty four. But yeah, I feel like there could have been connective tissue, but there just wasn't enough focus on like trying to make the themes go hand in hand. So they just don't. Yeah. I don't maybe it had a, a huge resurgence, Amadeus, the movie. Maybe Pete Wentz is just a fucking nerd. Yeah. I mean that's true. That is that is just that is just true. <laughs> Man, but yeah, they really just repeat all the same shit again after verse two. And there's the one sonic change up. But I think, like, I mean, it's it's fun to listen to. Like, I left it on repeat for a while uh, because I had never heard it before, and I wanted it to sink in, and it's really listenable. It's really good. It's, uh, it do bop. It bop hard. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 are we done? Have we said the things? I think so. I don't think I have anything else to say. Oh, dang. Well, shit. what an episode we've had today (laughs) it was probably good (laughs) i love your confidence oh well i i i I, like mozart i think we're done this week uh like mozart we're probably long dead mm -hmm. yeah i don't have a pairing because or i i i thought of one but now i think i'm going to think about it a little bit longer um now that we had like a actual conversation that came out of this because mm-hmm. i was just gonna pair it with um just an instrumental song because i never get to do that uh well but... you don't get to this time either no uh it's we talk about lyrics so heavily that it's probably never gonna actually be a, a valid comparison but anyways there will be something on the playlist last uh Last week I did Water Tower by Aesop Rock, not to to double dip back into his old discography. Because <laughs> the same day I learned what Hum Hallelujah was actually about, I learned the exact same thing about Water Tower by Aesop Rock. And I was like, damn, what the fuck is with it today? I'm breaking so apart. 
This my, is just my Joe's elaborate ruse to get me to listen to more rap music. That's also, yeah, we did talk about that last week, too. So it all connects. The Prestige. <laughs> well, man, it's a shame Amadeus isn't nearly as funny as The Prestige, because this could have been another one of those episodes, and it's basically the polar fucking opposite. Yeah, no, it's... it's a, magicians fighting is very funny. <laughs> Musicians yes. fighting is not very funny. No. Um... But that'll that'll do it for us this week. Uh, yep, Caitlin. Yes, Joe. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at C G and eight R is on Twitter dot com, and from there you can check out my pin tweet where all my other shit except any mixtape is because I haven't updated it yet. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exciting. Any mixtapes, Rad. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. You can find <laughs> you can find you're me welcome. on Twitter. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J O, uh, and I make a b- bunch of fucking shit. You make a lot of stuff. I make a I make several shows. And I'm, my dumbass is like, oh man, I should start one as soon as Interstitial's done, because I'm a fool and I will never learn. <laughs> one day my hubris <laughs> will catch up with me. Uh, but yet I am still young. Uh, flash forward to me fucking making podcasts exclusively where I complain about how people don't appreciate my podcasts through movie metaphors. <laughs> uh, you can find all the shows I do and other shows that I don't do uh, on the Orange Coast Podcast Network, much like this show is on. You can find that and support the network at theorangegroves.com. Uh, if you support the Patreon, patreon.com slash the Orange Groves, you can get uh, stuff that gets cut out of this show uh, and uh, all the other shows on the network. Um, Hell yeah, baby. There hasn't been a bunch up in March just because I'm doing it single-handedly and I've been doing interstitial every day. Um, so April will probably be a good month for uh, cut content uploads. And I'm hoping to have a pilot up there soon. It's out of my hands, but <laughs> anyways... Uh, but yeah, you can do all that at theorangegroves.com. Um, also, we're accepting submissions for shows. Um, you got a show, we got a network. Come on. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Is there anything else that I plug? Oh, you can tweet about the show if you want. Uh, hashtag FOBcast. Uh, do we plug the Discord ever? Because, like, <laughs> we could. No. <laughs> Probably not. There's I had a, a really there... high moment and I was like, do we do this? Do we do this? I don't think we do. There's a Discord for the Orange Groves that you can find on the... Uh, there's a link to it at the bottom of the website next to the submission. Uh, and I guess I can start putting a link in the description. I never fucking think about it. Um, but yeah, there's a Discord. You can come talk to us and other listeners. Yeah, you can come chat with us about yeah. Fallout Boy. But, 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 but. The pairing playlist on Spotify and the lyrics will be linked uh below in the show or not below but in the show notes as well it depends on what app you're looking at on where the fuck they are uh <laughs> but I, I i do think i do think we have concluded uh so uh caitlin yes joe is this more than you bargained for yet a little bit a little bit a little bit i didn't expect to talk that much actually no this was more than i bargained for for damn sure but <laughs> We never check in with me, but... <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> yeah. Always saying yee but they never ask ha-yee. 
<laughs> Anyways, we'll see you next week. Uh, I don't know what we're talking about next week. I gotta figure that shit out. Damn. Oh yeah, we gotta roll it. Anyway, I'll goodbye. Do goodbye. Welcome to They Them There's a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here, we're queer, let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 <laughs> we talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. <laughs> You can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care, and remember, nice gender. <laughs>